is up everybody welcome to another episode of the panthers nation network the panther nation podcast run by fans for the fans and hopefully y'all are still kicking and still listening i know it's been kind of the quiet you know we're trying to linger and waiting for something to kind of happen that's one of the issues with the offseason so much can happen but then there's gonna you're gonna get some of those dead periods you know where because i don't really i don't really aspire to the you know overanalyzing every little thing of OTAs and, and mini camps, like it's one thing to you know update in terms of what's going on and like just show the videos, but it's a whole other thing to read into every single thing because it's just it's just practice. That's it's really like, all it is. Yeah, man. That's, at this point in the offseason, man, you look, it's all speculation. Everybody wants to try to make a story. We just look, it is. There's no real story that OTAs unless they're unless they're injuries. Nothing's changing. Nobody's roster spots getting taken. Not yet, anyways. At least just give it, just give it a couple more months, and then we'll have all the real stuff coming out. Yeah, exactly. there's a lot of guys, a lot of guys in the buildings right now. As they're, you know, at this point in the season, and the team has the most guys in, in there, and they're just trying to cut down from that 90 man roster, and then all the way eventually to the 53 at the end of the preseason. So anything these guys can get um, video wise at the at the practices is going to leak out. It's going to blow up at, at this point because it's been what. Four months already without football since the Super Bowl, just about, and uh, people are dying for that content. Trying to blow it up, trying to make something out of it. And you can't blame them, but it's it means very little right now. And um, once we start to get into training camp and stuff, that's when it'll ramp up, and some of the stuff will start to mean more with uh, jobs really being on the line. So I'm interested to see. You know, every year I always say I wish that these training camps and practices were broadcasted live, all of it, because then it would be, mean a little bit more if we got to see every rep in and out and not just the highlights. But um, for, for obvious reasons, they can't do that and just make everyone's practices live. But, um, but yeah, no, I'm excited to once this dead period's over and to really get, get into things with training camp and then preseason. And, I mean, the expectation kind of grows, and Jeff talked about, I mean, you know, going to the 90-man roster now. After what last year? I think last year it was when it was was 70 I believe, and this is the first year I think they've been doing nine. Year for, is that is that mistaken? I know they had added it. Yeah, I'm not sure what they did with COVID last year, but ninety is usually the uh, what you can have at one at, at the early point. But just even, and I mean, Jeff, and you, I know you're in Charlotte, so you're hearing the buzz a bit more about it. But in terms of like like Robbie not showing up for you know the the non mandatory stuff. You know, the, the gist with all of that is you know you're going to see it across the league. You're going to get the guys who are going to show up for this. The young guys. The guys who are fighting for a spot, the veterans, they might be there, they might not. You know, I know that, you know, you know, Sam's been there, I think, you know, because he needs to learn the offense. But you're going to get people who are going to be there and people who are not. I wish some of the veterans would go in and show up because, you know, especially if you got, you know, you know, you're trying to, you know, get a quarterback receiver deal. But I know he's worked with them already and stuff. So, and I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was the 40, who, I don't know. Somebody last week lost two people to ACLs. The 49ers. Was the 49ers? That's what I thought. Um, Which, I don't know what they did to the football gods. I don't know who who they hurt, what who they sacrificed. That well, team could be so good every year if they could right. keep their people healthy. Right. Well, and, and and you know, and Tyler can talk about this a little bit more too. You know, you who takes care of themselves during the off season, and how tough is it to to constantly you know take care of yourself? Do do people go? All right, you know, I'll be a month out and then I'll go, um, or is it you know? And, and Tyler, you know, you you you're, you know playing college football and stuff. It's 24-7, I assume, and, you know, right. if you take a little break off, you can't. Mm -mm, no, and, you know, nothing can replace that 
um, opportunity to train and practice with your teammates. Um, not only is it their, um, the team's, you know, weight training and, um, exercise that they get put through, but you're also training with your teammates. And like for Sam Darnold, I don't think he really had a choice to whether or not he would show right. up, you know, quarterback that has to win the team over also has to learn the offense. So, you know, getting your body in shape is something that even these top, you know, athletes in the world are super, it's super important for them. And, um, you know, skipping, skipping camp and skipping some practices, they got to be careful with that, especially later in the season when they could be more susceptible to injury. Um, they just got to be trained the right ways is what it comes down to. And, and it's, and it's that time to you guys mentioned too. slow your roll. We're still 89 days away and people get slow kind of, you know, and I'll just talk for just a second. Julio Jones stepped on the field. He went to OTAs. But, I mean, um, uh, holy smoke, AJ won there. Um, you know, but Julio was. And, you know, I mean, Titan Twitter was like all abuzz, like, oh, my God. And I'm like, everybody, relax. <laughs> well, that's what people thought we were going to trade Robbie. I'm like, okay, look at hey, Robbie. Has, Robbie has played with Sam before. He doesn't need to build any chemistry. And if any, there's any position group that doesn't that has the least amount of question marks, I would say – is probably the wide receivers. The only questions are the rookies coming in. Everyone else is solidified to know where they are. Robbie knows his role. And just because, like, if you've met, the, if you've not even met the guy, but if you've watched him, he's not a guy that's going to be like, you know, he's not trying to be petty. He's just like, I don't need to be there. Like, I'm going to just chill because, I mean, it's a little, I don't want to say egotistical, but, I mean, he knows how good he is, and he knows that, you know, those extra days aren't going to really change him. If anything, it's going to, like we said, set him up for the possibility of getting injured. So, Pump the brakes with the getting traded thing. We wouldn't have done all that stuff to then trade him. Like, I mean, he might now uh, that doesn't necessarily speak to whether he's going to be here at the end of the year. That's different. You know, that's not, that has nothing to do with what we're doing now. Like everyone's like, Oh, well, we drafted two wide receivers. And I'm like, no, calm yourself. Like Robbie's here. Robbie's staying here. And for like Sam, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, Sam's got to be there. McCaffrey's trying to get back into the, you know, wants to McCaffrey's been interested to get back on the field forever. So I'm sure he just wants to like actually run again. And as far as other positions groups, I mean, they need to be there. But the wide receivers, we know what we're getting there. The only thing we're questioning is the rookies. The rookies have to be there. So, like, we know what we're getting from our veterans. When it comes to defense, you know, we don't – I mean, we don't really know what's – we have to figure out – you have to start figuring out now how you're going to throw everything at, you know, these offenses. And especially, like, tight end, what are we going to do, you know, with the way – I mean, Dan Arnold, my God, he's a big man. I, I didn't realize it until watching some of the stuff from OTA. He's just huge. I, I, I don't know what he's going to translate to, but man, look, he's I'm well from from what I've seen, from what they've talked about. Look, he's he's got all the athleticism and all the physical tools to be a good receiving tight end in this league. Obviously, for the Saints, he 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 put up good numbers in limited action. I, again, I I think he'll be I think he'll be one of those guys where it's like, well, Ian Thomas is on his way out. I, you know, you know how I know Ian Thomas is on his way out. Matt Rule gave him a compliment just the other week, so yeah, right, exactly. you, you already know. You already know. He's oh cooked. no, he's cooked. Let's it's, already, it's, already, it's, already, it's already over with. But I mean, you also got to think about. It. We signed a what, who's the guy, Stephen Sullivan, I think, from the Seahawks. Drafted Tommy Tremble. You're not keeping four tight ends. You're not. You're not. You're, it's not. You're not. I mean, well, you would think that, but the Panthers have done that in the past when we kept on. You know, when we when we still had. Um, oh my God. Hell, at one point we used to keep like five quarterbacks. Also true. <laughs> when we actually, you know, cared about our quarterback position. <laughs> well, let me let me let me stop you right there and stuff. I need to apologize too because I was looking at this article the other day about duos, like the top receiving duos in the NFL, and I forgot. And I look back at stats and stuff. I forgot just how good the Panthers duo is. 
But there was a there was a post on ESPN. Was, they were talking was, about that. Like it lost to the shuffle. But I'm like, wow, they were that good. I'm like, holy DJ, especially. I was like, wow. I mean, DJ's been the only receiver the last what I think four of the last four years to have over a thousand yards consistently. Right. No other receivers had it that many, you know, in that in that time frame. And we were the I mean, we were the, we were the only offense to have three offensive players have a hundred or a thousand yards from scrimmage. And then three. I mean, DJ had it outright. Robbie had it. I think. Yeah, he had it outright. Oh, he had it outright too. He had it outright. Oh wow! And then you had Mike, who had it from scrimmage. He had no. You had Mike and Curtis too. Uh, We had four. That's right. I forgot about that. So I mean, yeah, it was just because of who who was being thrown to. And DJ's done that. DJ has done that with an uh, with a dead cam with freaking Heineke. And with um, Kyle Allen, and then he's done it with T- with Teddy Bridgewater. So if he can just get a consistent quarterback to, to air it out to him and, a, and an offense that utilizes him, I mean, DJ is wildly, wildly underappreciated because they have those duos. And I guess I'm saying best new duo per se, but it was talking about duos for wide receivers. And, and Robbie and DJ weren't even in there. And I think, like, the two of them together, and that's what I said last week, like I said, with, with, with what they can do with Robbie – DJ and then also having Terrace, like that can be your same kind of trio. We had it when it was what, when it was Smitty, when it was Moose and when it was Ricky, like, I mean, yeah. Ricky and Robbie are obviously two different types of players, but in terms of the roles they would play, cause if, I mean, if Terrace becomes what Terrace can be, I'm imagining we move, we move Robbie into the slot or move DJ into the slot. One of the two depends upon, I mean, I would probably more likely not think about it. It'd probably be DJ in the slot. Probably, yeah, definitely um, probably and having Robbie and, and Terrace out in the slot. But I mean, that's what's, I mean, Smitty would go from the slot. He would go from anywhere and Moose would go from the, from the hash marks too. So it, it just, it's what you could create if you could get it to gel and we can keep all of them that long. Crazy and enough that the narrative on Twitter now is starting to become that the Panthers are a sleep are, are a true sleeper team team. People around, people just around NFL Twitter and people around the league are starting to recognize Carolina's got a lot of talent. They had a team last year that was that kind of overachieved in certain in certain areas, and you're starting to see it now that they're young. They still, they're young. There's a lot of potential with the with the offense and, and what it can be. A lot of people figured that it kind of got held back by Teddy Bridgewater last year. I think everybody's starting to come around to the fact that Carolina's a, a sleeper team, and offensively, it could be a it could be a nice little juggernaut if everything goes according to plan. Yeah, and going back to Jack's point about the you know versatility of our receivers and kind of Terrace's outlook um, as he develops at LSU, he was uh, took a lot of snaps from the slot, which is um, you know something I think that they took a lot of uh, value in when drafting him because we saw last year with Curtis, DJ, and Robbie all being able to take snaps from the slot, and that's how important that is in our offense. Just because when you're in the slot, how much more space you have to operate and the different difference map matchups you can get in there um, i think it's definitely valuable to get all guys in there you can even get mccaffrey in the slot um, from time to time too and you should be doing that as an offensive coordinator just because of how much space and matchups um, can be taken advantage of there so i'm hoping to see um you know all three of them lined up in the slot and including shy smith too off off the bench and david moore get, you know utilize all these guys in a lot of different spots and you know really make the most out of their talents and you know being a big slot early on might be the best um, transition for terrace into the nfl as he kind of gets down all all the three receiver spots and um, kind of sells into his own in the new offense. So I look forward to seeing how they um, utilize the receivers, and I, I have a suspicion that all three will probably be playing in the slot again. Well, and that's my – I mean, and it might just be where I'm looking or where I'm here, but it's concerning me a little bit. I've really not heard much about Terrace and any yeah, of the no. performance. I, I mean, it's been kind of quiet, and I don't know if that's for the best or for the worst. Well, he's coming off of injury too. Yeah, He's going so, on, so they're still working them. 
it's just, it's, it's gonna it's gonna be a slow process with him. They're gonna work him. They're gonna work him back in, 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 in the into the groove of things. I wouldn't even be surprised if he doesn't see if he doesn't see a lot of reps even, you know, during training camp or a preseason game. I think it's gonna be one of those things where he's a second round pick, so you know he's gonna make the roster. It's not really a question there. It's gonna be a matter of can he stay healthy. And I mean, and he's he's in he's a, he's he's got Joe Brady's favor working working for him. So it's gonna be this is gonna be a, a case of if he's healthy, we're gonna work him back into the offense. I expect him probably probably like around the first half of the season. I expect him to start to start to see we'll start to see more of him. But early on, I wouldn't expect much right now. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't start. I mean, David Moore, a little bit more experienced, you know, going to have played in a lot of different offenses, knows the, you know, knows the league, knows the NFL, because that's a, it's a big step, you know, even though Marshall played at LSU and they played all these big time games, you know, more coming in healthy, being able to compete early on might win him the starting job early, but I know Marshall's more talented and uh, I, you know, he, once that second half of the season turns, we might just start to see more Marshall, like you said, and uh, I would expect him to end the year as a starter for sure. And I think the, I think the biggest thing for all these players that we're talking about is the fact that a which we didn't have really last year. You're going to get a preseason. You're going to get three preseason games. So for the Panthers, you know, to get out there and gel in game game situations, call it what you want. I mean, it is preseason, but these guys are fighting for their lives. So I think that's the biggest difference. And the thing I'm looking forward to the most is the fact that we can talk about this as much as we want, but they are going to get that chance to play. They're going to get a chance to strap it up go out there and hit somebody, make plays, and earn their spots, which I think this year, um, you know, for them is huge. I think, you know, for them to gel as, a, as an offense, um, you know, Sam might play more, you know, in the preseason, especially with only three of them. Um, it'll be curious, but it, uh, at least we get that. Well, so that's my that was my next point, and just talking about the fact that, you know, we're going to have that preseason now. It's only three weeks this time around. What with the – I'm assuming that was taken from – to give the additional, you know, new game for this elongated schedule. If I see one more promo for the biggest season yet, I'm going to lose it. Of course, like, yes, you're adding one game. Cool. Like, whoop-de-doo. I just – and that's another thing I'm thinking of. So my question is, is that because, I mean, having a preseason, not having a preseason, like it's not going to, like, make this class of rookies, you know, insanely better than the last one. My my question is – are we going to see a lot more kind of sophomore slumps or sophomore fatigue because they're going from not having a full off season and now they're going to have a full off season and an extended regular season now. So some of these guys that were rookies last year that didn't have that, you know, that amount of playing, they're going to have like almost a whole quarter, you know, extra quarter of a season more. Uh, that, that, now that, now that is true. That is true. But I, with that, I would just, I probably wouldn't. I, I honestly never thought about it that way. I, I kind of looked at it from the fact of that they'll have a, they'll have. I think we'll see a bit more growth between the rookie year and the sophomore year because that's the one. That's the one thing that you know that that that, that you didn't see. A lot of these guys came out and they did, and they like Jeremy Chen for example. He came out and he just played, played well, played well at that. But now that he's, you know, for him he's not he's changing positions. He have more, have more of a chance of development. More, more, more of a chance to fine tune things, and it, and, and it'll give them a. I mean, really, this is their rookie year all over again because they'll they'll get a, a true feel for what a full off season and a full and a full season looks like in the NFL. So I think it'll be a, a really a, a chance for growth with all the extra practices and extra reps they'll be able to take. Yeah, I mean, going back to last year with the rookies, we were almost kind of worried how much they'd be able to contribute because they had the lack of an off season practices and OT. And stuff and it kind of got thrown in there. Um, so it really, you know, for these guys going in their sophomore years, it really depends on how 
much they take advantage of the opportunity to have more time. Like, cause we, we were worried about these guys not having the opportunity to get better and to learn, to learn the systems, to get into the NFL training program and just to adjust to the next level. But now that they have the time and more of an opportunity to do that, um, it could be, you know, a lot of guys could, you know, take their play to to a level that we would have never expected. I mean, some guys are going to see drop offs. I don't think Justin Jefferson is going to do what he did. That he's just in for a regression naturally, just because those are rocket, you know, sky high numbers. And then uh, Jeremy Chan's probably not going to score two touchdowns a game either. But you know, these guys can learn how to keep their bodies healthy. And you know, going through another offseason, you can start kind of maybe start to see some of these second year players almost become leaders um, at their position group and in the locker room, and really start to take over in that way too. Two things. First of all, for the, for the sophomore slumper, it's going to be a longer year, whatever. Suck it up and deal. Um, and what I mean by that is you're, you're a pro. Go out there and play football. Like, this is what you get paid to do, and this is what a very minimal amount of human beings get a chance to do. So go out there, take advantage of it, and play football, and, and take that next step. Um, there's no excuses. But what I think is even more interesting um, is what does it do for the coaching staff? Now you get a full off season. Now you get three preseason games. So how does that help Matt Rule and Brady and um, Phil Snow? Thank you. Um, you know what I'm saying? How, how did they take it now? Because now they get those three preseason games. I mean, this team was competitive, and now they're 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 in the, they're in the mix. People are talking about them, and now you get time to actually prepare. No Zoom meetings, no nothing. You go out there, knock on something, knock on wood. Um, you get a chance to go out there and play. So I think while we can look at the sophomore slumming as a longer season and stuff like that, people should be just pumped and excited. And and the, and the coaching staff, like I said, gets a chance to do some things maybe they didn't get a chance to do. Well, yeah, and that's what I mean. And so that also poses another question. Had we had the preseason, because I know there's, there's people that, you know, go to the fact that, oh, the preseason doesn't really matter. But in reality, it does because you get to see how your team's going to gel in a game setting and you're going to see what issues you have a lot clearer than when you're just having, you know, practices and stuff like that. So is there – had we had the preseason last year, is there anyone that you think might have come to the forefront a lot quicker? Anyone we might have, you know, been, okay, well, this guy's not game ready. We do not need to have him in. Like, is there anything like that? I think Kenny Robinson, who got cut – you know, before the season last year, I think he would have had a better chance. I, I, I especially at that safety position where we did, we still haven't solidified who's going to be at that spot. I, I feel like for a guy like him, who was, it's the, his his situation was unique. Of course, he needed reps more than anything because he because he seemed to have all the, like just you know just the talent to be able to play, but going coming into the NFL, it's a, it's a huge transition. And imagine coming in, imagine imagine trying to come into the league from a from a really a semi-pro league uh, with, with the XFL, not really having all the reps, not really having all, all the ideas about how, how to run the scheme and everything, and have to come and do that with no offseason, no preseason, the OTAs or anything. I think hit a guy like a guy like that could have really used the development from a full preseason and offseason. Yeah, I'm kind of kind of go the same way as Shantice on this one. Is that safety position? I think would have looked a lot different throughout the season if we did ha have the opportunity to play the preseason. Just because one, Jeremy Chin would have been able to get more reps at that deep safety spot that he was originally drafted to play, and we know he moved kind of all around, but um, he might have been able to get more reps at that deep safety spot. Um, and then I think you know also being able to see more of a Justin Burris or Sam Franklin early on in free agency. And because, um, you know, I think guys like that, um, you know, we, we know Franklin and 
Uh, Burrs aren't the most talented guys on the planet. And a lot of that safety position has to do with, you know, running the show. And a lot of it is between the ears and, um, you know, knowing what to do. And that takes time and experience. And those guys were around for a while. And that's kind of how they stuck throughout the season, even though despite some, you know, rough play here and there, because it's kind of hard to bring in a safety out of nowhere and teach them the whole defense all of a sudden. So if they found out earlier that the safety was a bit of a need, um, I think they could have addressed it in free agency during the preseason. Um, That also could have gave Kenny Robinson a chance too, like Sean Tease was saying, just because he would have had more of a chance to learn the defense, um, get himself in there and compete with those guys early on and give himself a fighting chance because it really didn't seem like he had a shot as a fifth round pick there and um you know hopefully we can see him turn it around at some point but um i think that's that that overall secondary uh, would have looked a lot different throughout the season because also you, you remember we signed rasul douglas very late in the preseason um almost like right before the first game he ended up starting and um which is not what you want to do you don't you don't want to be finding a replacement level player with just weeks um you know i think they signed him after the week four cuts down to 53 when philadelphia cut him so i mean hell when so, did yeah, we get I think, eli apple when did we get eli apple was that in the offseason i that think that was june last Okay, that probably wouldn't. He would have been cut a lot earlier, I would imagine. I, I don't know enough, and I'll just admit my ignorance when it comes to like some guys who made, could have made the team or not. But overall, you know, it was tough for the NFL in terms of some players who could have been, who could have had that shot, had they had a chance to play preseason. Um, no matter the team, you know, there there are players out there that probably would have been solid NFL players or had gotten their shot had they had the chance. Whether it was, you know fifth, sixth rounders or, you know, the UDFAs. Um, so, you know, that, that, you know, obviously we're probably going to miss some talent that probably, and who knows, and it just, it stinks for what, what could have been for some of these guys who had the chance. And so now, I mean, look at, so like I said, three weeks, we've got uh, is Ravens, Colts, and of course our obligatory, uh, obligatory game against the Steelers. Surprise. We didn't have one against the bills for the first time in a while, but um, we have to of course have our game with the Steelers and so in those three games, you're going to be seeing some fairly good defenses, even at just the, the base level that they're at. And then you, I think you're going to get, get, some good, get some good matchups. So my question kind of remains for this going as forward. Who do you, A, think is going to have who's – going, who's going to benefit the most from the preseason this year? And then who you, what position group do you think is going to need to, like, have a lot determined by this? Like, I'll, I'll go off and start. I think in terms of benefit – I'm probably taking John Tease's answer. I think Shy is going to benefit the most from from this. I think he could have, if he can play like he did in the Senior Bowl and he can show out and make those flashy plays like we know he can do. I mean, you could see him starting Week One. Honest to God, if he if he has if he has a preseason like, I mean, because he's he's been the one getting the most attention. Uh, other right. than it's been him and JC really, have been, and, and Derek Brown. Derek Brown's been looking. Re- we have not mentioned that enough. Derek Brown's been looking really good in these OTAs and these videos. I've been loving what I've seen. And then as far as position group goes, I think tight end has the most to look at because I think tight end is one of our biggest question marks in terms of what the hell we're going to do with it. Who's going to be in it. And I think, I think it's a toss up between Dan between Arnold and, um, and tremble. I think it could go either way. So that's, that's, that's why I think is we, it's going to be looked at a lot. The biggest benefit I, I think is going to the biggest, the biggest benefit I, I believe is probably going to be. Hmm. I want to. I want to go, Sam, just because he'll. It's just because we'll, we'll, we'll get the. It'll be the first look we'll get to see with him with with, with this with this entire offense, and I and I think it's it's gonna be a, a lot of benefit because you know he'll have time. He, he won't have to just come into the season like I got Teddy. Like Teddy had to just come into the year, didn't get to have all all the reps going into the offseason. He's got he he's got the time. He's he's in there now. He's earned the offense. 
we'll get we'll get to see at least a glimpse of what he could look like with they with, with this with this new scheme and all all of these new weapons to play to play around with. I'm yeah, just, I think the offense. Oh, go ahead, Jeff. No, I just I think um, I'm gonna go to the other side of the ball. I think you know you're gonna get a chance to see some you know pretty good quarterbacks. Um, believe Carson went out there for a little while, but I mean you still get Big Ben in his and he's Big Ben. You get a chance to see Lamar do his deal, and you get a chance to see Carson. So I mean, you're talking three, you know. You, one one former MVP, you know, Carson Wentz and Big Ben, who's won, what, two Super I mean, so you're getting a chance to see um, the offense. So I think the defense – I'm going to go the other side. I mean, I think somebody – you know, I think J.C. is going to get a chance to shine and do his deal. I think both Gamecock guys are going to rock it out in, in the in the during the uh, during the preseason. But I'm, I'm, I think it's more beneficial, although I say that the defenses are always a step ahead of the offense um, when, we, when we get to playing. But with the younger defense and stuff like that, um, I, I think some question marks could really be answered seeing those three, seeing those three teams with those three quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. You know, for me, I, I'm, I think the offensive line is going to benefit, you know, tre- tremendously from this. They, they're probably the ones that should be the most excited about this extra time to play. Extra time to play together is the biggest thing against different opponents because that chemistry between all the offensive linemen, it it doesn't get talked about enough that you need to you need to just play t- with each other for a while and that's tough to do in the NFL when there's injuries right and left and it's honestly hard to five, find five good linemen that you feel comfortable starting every week so not only will the starters the f- the front the first five will de- develop a good chemistry and uh, you know maybe hopefully come together as a unit as long as they all can stay healthy but i think it gives second and third string offensive linemen a better chance to make it as you know hopefully they're playing with the same guys um, it's going to help them their play look a lot better and uh, give them a shot to make the roster and potentially, you know, make a start throughout the season for some of these backup offensive linemen, like a Deontay Brown that we uh, got in the sixth round or uh, some of those later guys that are still fighting for jobs like a Dennis Daly. Hopefully he can maybe find his role this year where he's kind of bounced around between guard and tackle. And then for overall position that I think needs to be looked at the most is probably corner. You know, J.C. Horn is our number one pick at eight overall. He's he's the man this year, so he's got a you know all eyes on him. Dante Jackson is in contract year, and he's played up and down, and um, he's really flashed from time to time. But then the injuries, and we still, as Panthers fans, don't have a full picture painted on Dante Jackson. And then a guy that I think could really benefit, and a guy I think that can be a starter at the NFL level, and Keith Taylor that we got in the fifth round. I think you know he's not a guy we talk about a lot, and not a lot of Panthers fans really do, but. Um, he's another long corner who, you know, him and JC are those long physical corners. And I think he could be in the long-term plans as a fifth round pick. And if he can make a mark early, he could see some playing time time down the road. If there's any injuries in the secondary um, that we might see. Well, I think, I mean, and I know it's going to suck to do it. And I know we sh- we probably won't do it, but we should, I think, I don't, in pre, especially preseason, I don't put in Bowie that much in the preseason. I let him, I mean, he's not going to be able to play those first four games. So the guy, if, if something goes down, we need Keith to be ready and to be able to go in there and come in. So I think he needs to see a lot of time in pre agency because, like, I mean, yeah, we don't know what we're getting from Dante, but we know he can at least play. JC is the, one of the most NFL ready players I've seen come out of, like, for, out of for us. Probably, oh, yeah. I mean, probably, I mean, probably since Brian Burns, he's been the most, I mean, that's, you know, only been a couple of years, but I mean, he's just that NFL ready, just like Burns was, just like McCaffrey was. He's just like, even more so, I think, than Derek Brown was. Um, he's, I mean, he, he, the, his metrics, his technique, his shoulders, his hips, everything, just looking at it, he just yeah. looks ready to go on the field. So yeah, I definitely, I think Bowie needs to not play a lot. I mean, he's a pseudo veteran, I guess. So he's got the experience. He's got, I mean, he knows what he's doing and he's not gonna be able to play. And, I'm, I'm excited for him to come in, and I think he still can make an impact. And I think at this point, 
the more the merrier. As many people as you want to put in me in hell. Richard Sherman's still looking for a team. That, well, that I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna bring that up a minute ago. I mean, like, if you're, I, I mean, he's got. Listen, the man can still ball. At the very I mean, least, he can be just a mentor and a teacher for these guys. I mean, he's the smartest, one of the smartest cornerbacks and smartest players ever. So, at the very least, and that's what I'm saying for like Dante to me is like a step and a like a, like a skip and a jump away from being what Sherman, you know was really at the beginning. He's not going to be prime Sherman, but the way that Sherman played, you know, the coming at your neck, locking you down, I think Dante can be that. You know who I think would benefit the most? If, if Rick, you just say in a fantasy line that Richard Sherman were, were to sign with Carolina, it would be Keith Taylor. Because if I think about the type of corner that, that, that Keith Taylor is, he fits, the, he fits the exact mold of Richard Sherman. Big, long, physical, maybe not, maybe not as great, you know, maybe not as great with his hips and getting in and, and get, get in and out of breaks and such. But a guy that if he if he takes on the mental side of the game and learn and learning how to watch film, learn learning tendencies and, 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 and learning how to break down the offense, he's a guy that could benefit greatly from having Richard Sermon's tutelage. Now, even and this is just now where you know if we're gonna fantasize, we might as well fantasize if we were because he's looking for a contender. I mean, with Sherman to come in and depending upon where he would fill in, I mean. Not horribly far off from it, but my question is, because like I wouldn't, I wouldn't say for anybody else, but again, with his mind, with his IQ, could he translate that into a safety position? That's what I was thinking about too. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know because I, I think about Revis couldn't figure it out, and yeah. I don't know if Sherman at this age, he, see, Corey's a little different, especially how they play Sherman's a little different because you know he's a zone guy. You can play, you can be. A little, a, a little less athletic in a, in a zone scheme. And that safety position, you can uh, – imagine we've had older guys play safety for us before, but say, this league is a little different now. I mean, it, 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 even it, these guys are a little different. The receivers that we're going to see are guys that, that, that can get that can get over the top. I'd much rather have Sherman out there playing corner and have him, have him play in a press cover two or a cover three or something where we can kind of hide him some. Safety's kind of hard. It, it gets hard to hide those safeties. And Sherman's gonna and Sherman's gonna get in your head. I mean, Sherman's gonna get up against the receiver at press coverage and start talking smack and try to get in his head the entire game. So, um, I you know I you don't mess with to me what is you know one of the best I've seen play in terms of corner. So let him no. let him have that. And then so oh I was you can go Tyler. Yeah, no, I, I just think it's going to be an interesting dynamic. Even, you know, say we do pick up a Sherman or somebody, you know, similar as a veteran player at corner, kind of how this plays out because, you know, early on I like to think JC starts at one of the corners and so does Dante. Um, and actually, I, I don't know if you guys seen, but they've kind of been talking about getting Dante some work in the nickel spot, um, which was figuring. kind of a which is kind of a big question for me going to this year is we didn't have any corner or safety other than Chin that's really ever done that. And um, it was, it was kind of interesting to see, like, who would they maybe do that? I think Corn could definitely do it also. But it makes sense with Dante being there. He's not going to be a great guy against run support like I think JC would. But I think, you know, he's going to be able to lock up those guys in the slot like I was talking about earlier where that's the hardest – one of the hardest positions to play on defense in the, in the slot where they have all that room to, you know, run routes on you. I will say actually to that because, I mean, I, I, I'd have to imagine with if you're going to – if you're paying for him, if you're signing him, like it's not like an Eli – like this guy's not an Eli Apple. This guy's not, you know, like a result – this guy's going to – like AJ can come in and make an impact. He's never been the number one guy. But even, you know, I mean – even in Denver, he was still making plays. And obviously, we all saw what he could do in Jacksonville. I mean, that attributed to one of the best that, the best defense that year as far as, you know, throughs they could go to. So I think I think they're thinking 
having, you know, obviously JC and AJ on, on, you know, outside and then Dante coming in. And what I like about that, because you've mentioned run support, but I mean, if I'm thinking back to it and a lot of his highlights, his open field tackling is really, really good for who, for, for his size and his ability. Like he makes great open field tackles out in, you know, out in the, in the sidelines. So I think, I mean, I could see them set, if not, you know, going from the slot, maybe even just some blitz, some blitz packages, sending them in, you know, some slot blitzes. I, I wouldn't be, you know, surprised to see that. And I think that would, you know, I, I mean, I, I would, if I'm going to send anybody in to try to blitz right now, I'd probably send him and him instead of JC or, or AJ, at least at the moment. I mean, you can still use them. Cause like I said, we can, we can blitz 11 different guys and, and we're going to be, you know, and we're going to be fine. Like we can send you so many different people, even coming off the bench too. And it's going to be fine. So I, I think, but I think that's probably where you're going to look now on the flip side, who has the most to lose from this? Because in my mind, if, if Sam comes in and he's throwing some duds, and he doesn't have enough to like only doing like one or two touchdowns a game. I mean, when do the que- how early do the questions start coming in? I mean, they've already started coming in with some of these passes he's been making, you know, in, in, in OTAs and in, in minicamp. So who has the most to lose? Well, uh, it, it, it can still be the same as it, it, it can still be Sam. It, it, it goes it goes either way. But I mean, with fan favorite, he's gonna he's got he's got definitely the most to lose. I from from a coach's perspective, man. Look, preseason is the preseason. I I've never I can't I can't remember not one Cam Newton preseason performance that I cared about. Yeah, I can't I can't get you. I, well, there's one the one where we played him against the Patriots for whatever. Yeah. Ungodly reason. Oh yeah, well that one of course. But I mean, any any starting quarterback, I couldn't I couldn't tell you what they did in the preseason. I couldn't tell you how bad a performance they had. It, it, it's not a true indicator, of course, of what's uh, of what's to be come the regular season. I know fans, at least for us, because of how much we overreact, it it will definitely be a headline. So yeah, mm-hmm. I got two guys. One, Will Greer, not drafted by this regime, um, hasn't done anything to prove like uh, he's a capable starting quarterback in the NFL or even a backup because, you know, last year, every week we saw him and PJ switch who was going to be the backup and who wasn't going to dress. And that we were ne- never able to really settle on that until PJ was the starter for that one game. And um, so I think, you know, Greer, if he doesn't show out early and prove that he's, you know, capable of being being a backup or even a third string on a roster, um, this this regime, this uh, new front office has no loyalty to him. And, you know, I think we could see him getting cut. And another guy um, that we talked about here and there is David Moore. Um, he's got guys all, all around him that are coming for his job as he, you know, after the free agency, we kind of assumed that he'd be that third receiver. And now you got you got Terrace, you got Shy, um, even guys like Keith Kirkwood and, uh, Brandon Zilstra are hungry for jobs too that are going to you know compete and uh, keep him on his toes there. So he's got to almost have a perfect preseason and because um, they don't have to keep him and they got got guys that can take his job whenever um, whenever they prove that they can. I, got, I I mean I would say Sam, but you know it's preseason. But you know I, I got I can go back to Ian Thomas, um, yeah. at tight end, and it just is. If anything happens, you know, in between now and the start of training camp, if there's some trades or, you know, all of a sudden you get to the preseason game and maybe a couple guys get cut. Um, one guy comes to mind right now talking about, you know, trade possibilities is Zach Ertz. If all of a sudden the Panthers go and grab him or something, then whoever's, you know, you better step up to the plate. However, I will say this, and I just brought that up for a reason. The Titans are actually in trade talks right now with them to get Zach Ertz. Uh-huh. Makes sense. Hey, <laughs> 
They need somebody. But but what I'm saying is, to me, that tight end position, because you're going to get, like you said, with all these guys fighting for their life, and and I don't know what the tight end role is going to play in, in this offense. With, with the firepower that you have, so when the play is there, excuse my French, you damn well better make it. So if you're on that tight end spot and you miss a block or you just mess up or something – there's going to be a lot of a lot of focus there. So I think Ian Thomas and anybody playing that tight end spot could be uh could be that that's you got to keep an eye on. Also, like we said, position groups that are going to be you know looked at the most. I mean, coaches are going to be looked at the most for this because this is the chance that you have to try to gel anything before the season starts, and you don't need to have it all figured out right before. But like in terms of what you're going to do with the, with the tight end position, what you're going to do with you know with Chuba, what is he? What is what role is he going to play? How are you going to use him? You know, it's going to be interesting, though, Jack, too, to see. We, we keep talking three games. I'm, I'm curious, and you're right with the coaches. How are they going to play this out? Because, you know, game one, you see the starters play, what, a quarter maybe? Then, And, and then, and then the, you know, the second might be what is really addressable now. So the second may be a half or even more. And the third, they may not play starters at all. So yeah. losing that game, you want to protect their health, but you also need this team to gel. So will we see Sam Darn a little more? Will we see some of these guys a little more than we would? Um, that that'll be an interesting how the how the coaches play that out and how they take each one of these games. And actually, I'm thinking now. I'm thinking about it too, and I mentioned it. I mean, because also, don't put McCaffrey in for maybe one play. More, do it. Do more. I dare you. There's no. He should not be stepping on the field. I know he wants to, but he doesn't need any. He doesn't need to kick the rust off. There's nothing on the chains. Let Chuba go and see that we that we used our draft pick. For a reason. That was my issue when we had Cam and Greer. You made this third round pick and then you put Cam in and then boom, Cam gets, you know, he's get he's I mean, like, you know, he's gonna get banged up a little bit. You didn't need Cam to go in. Cam's fine. No. Greer, you could have shown him and and shown that you you made your third round pick for a reason. And he because even his preseason, he did not do very well in the times that he played. So in my mind, like McCaffrey does not need it. Let Chuba go in and let him excite people and let him be a good backup running back. But but on, on playing devil av- devil's advocate there, I mean, you know, he is a pro, but this is the first year with Sam. So he's got to get a little work in, in game condition. So maybe that first game he plays the entire first series, unless it's three and out or something. Yeah, like that. I mean, he's got obviously, he's gonna, obviously more than just one play, but I, I'm not but, like, no, I get it. No, I get it because you don't want, you don't want anything. To I mean, happen. he's been able to work with, anybody he's a chameleon he's been able to do well if he's having to do it for like kyle allen if he's having just like dj if no matter who's back there it's his talent propelling them you know not the other way around he's able to he can just take it and run with it right li- quite literally so that's why i just i mean it just again to show you made that draft pick for a reason show the fans why you did it and say hey after davis you know we had this we had this solidified backup guy who come in and pick up the paces when we need the pace when we needed it now it's back to that, like, oh, hey, you know, uh, Trent Cannon's going to break an 80-yarder and then he's going to be gone. Or, you know, Reggie Bonifant's going to break an 80-yarder and then do nothing else the rest of the season. Like, we had that, like, three or four times. So let Shuba come in and, like, just be consistent. Like, that was the problem with Cap and with Fozzie is that we couldn't, like, yeah. we could get maybe five yards from him on a, on a screen, but that was it. You weren't going to get anything else. So you need to have something to facilitate doing both, and and have Chuba can come in, and and get us and get seven yards if needed, you know. And I know Tyler's very critical because I know Tyler's going to be looking at that really heavily. 
Yeah, yeah, no, that was one pick that I was a little not the happiest with at the time. You know, Chuba was wasn't one of the guys that I was big on in the draft, and there was guys at that spot at the running back position that I would have taken over Chuba. Actually, though, that that was right around where I would take him. I think my reservations were there was better guys on the board that I would have taken instead. Um, it is you know interesting story to see how you know Matt ba- or Matt Rule's wife wanted you know them to draft. Yeah, that was because so he ran all over them at Baylor. Yeah, that was in that uh, Panthers confidential thing that, that I don't weird. know if you guys saw. But yeah, I mean it'll be interesting. It's interesting to see. I mean his um, his junior year. Um, right before this last year where things kind of got went downhill for him at Oklahoma State. He didn't, he was injured, banged up, didn't really have as big of a role because of that. You know, he was an electric back that had put up great numbers. Um, he's a, you know, one cut, hit, you know, and run. He, you know, he's a track runner, um, you know, actually from, from Canada. So um, you know, I'm kind of rooting for him. You know, we put in, you know, that high draft pick, and I'm hoping it works out because, you know, a lot of these other picks in this draft were a promising start. And if we can get some of these other guys that, you know, I had question marks with Chuba, if we can get him to work out, then, um, you know, I'm really confident going forward because we haven't had that running back, you know, those two running back duos since, you know, I guess since we had Stewart and McCaffrey for that one year. And even that it was, you know, Stewart's like end of his career. So, you know, if we can like, you know, have that back to spell uh, McCaffrey to take some hits off him from here or there. I think that's so important, so underrated to our team. And I think, you know, even um, in looking at this last dra- last draft class, like that would have been a need. I would would have been completely fine if we addressed it earlier too, because I think it's that important and that big of a need because, you know, Mike Davis, we were lucky to have him last year who stepped in and had, you know, that thousand yard season, but that you can't just find that anywhere. And so um, now we get a guy like Chuba who, you know, is a good pass blocking back um, already. So I think that that will get him, you know, far enough to begin with, but um, I'm hoping he can elevate his role and maybe even see the field when McCaffrey is healthy. Yeah, I mean, and that's what you guys that's what you're looking for. I mean, even with Stewart and McCaffrey, we had it. It was wasn't just like that very end. It was that Saints game in the playoffs, and he had that when we were already like tr- we were trying to win, and McCaffrey took a slot uh, a slant route, took it 75 yards. And we're like, okay, what? Like he's been he was he was doing well that year, but that that was the biggest play he had that year by far. And you're like, where where has this been all year? Like, why did we not do this more? Because clearly it works. So like, even I mean, I would argue probably not since you know. 20 2011 maybe or no maybe earlier when it was the smash and dash year with d'angelo and stewart and i think that might have been like 2008 yeah, it was and it was eclipsed by freaking chris johnson and lindell white because they had just a couple more yards lindell white god bless oh my god but um <laughs> but yeah i mean we haven't had a running back do it since then and that was the problem like i mean everybody else has just been serviceable and everybody else has just been eh. another person i'm looking at to see because i mean we keep hearing and you always get this guy who this UDFA and I think they said we might've gotten another one. Who's been really good. I remember hearing some talk about how we got another sleeper as a UDFA. I can't remember which one it was though, but I know Omar Bayless is another guy that I'm looking to see what he can do. Can he finally step into a role, earn a spot on the roster or is he coming in another year where there's going to just be too many good receivers? Cause last year, last year with Sylvester and whoever and Keith Kirkwood or whatever, he, I thought he should have gotten up a spot there Yeah, this year. I- this year, it's, it's a little too loaded, man. He's one of those guys where he had a great college career. He's one of those guys that lacks, lacks really the athleticism to really play in this game at a high level. You like him. You like you, you like you like his story. You like you like what he like what he's done. But can he really contribute on a, on an NFL on an NFL roster? Put like this: if it was like a team, say like um, say like Philadelphia last year, he could have contributed there somewhere like somewhere where the team is like bad and you just gotta put guys out there on the field. That's about as much that's, that's about as much as I can see him doing. 
this year, look, man, we're way too loaded, but we're 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 already five receivers deep right now, and there and there's still more talent even after those five that are fringe and that are fringe roster guys. Omar Bayless, unless he can do something else, unless he unless he unless he can run out on kickoff or you know cover punts or something, there's not really a place for him on the roster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking at that offensive line depth, uh, Jack, when you were talking about, the, you know, free agent, David Moore um, was a guy that we picked up after the draft that got a lot of buzz and a lot of hype because he was a guy that some uh, – yeah, David, the other David Moore, <laughs> center. But he's a little bit bigger. And um, and so he, he plays center guard, you can, and he's, you know, a heavier offensive lineman, kind of like a Deontay Brown, um, you know, bigger guys, mauling types, which is – you know, a lot different than the Brady Christensen that we took in the third round, who's more of your athletic tackle slash guard. And so uh, interesting to see what kind of body types we take at the offensive line position. And if we go for more of a athletic line or more of a big bruising line that will beat you up with, you know, seeing if David Moore can make, you know, make the roster. A lot of guys had him as a third, fourth round pick. And um, I think he could be, you know, a backup center guards, you know, that backup offensive line position, as we know, as Panthers fans is so important. And so, you know, that's going to be really, you know, for some of these UDFAs, um, that's where they can make their mark because we're going to be looking for offensive line talent, you know, and I think Fitter wants to build the, team through the trenches as we you know we've seen here and also with Matt Rule and making you know his first pick that he was a part of the team was Derek Brown on defense I think we want to you know strengthen the trenches on the offensive side too as well I think the offensive line when you talk about that too when you have somebody like McCaffrey in the backfield you've got to have an offensive line to me that it's not the big bruisers but the more athletic ones who can get out in front you're talking about a guy with speed and you got to open holes you got to get to the secondary I mean the second level you got to get to the linebackers you got to do this you got to pull if you're pulling and you got CMC in the backfield, you better be pulling. <laughs> you know what I'm well, saying? That? And that's what we got, guys, like, you know, like Chuba and like um, and, and Tommy Tremble. I think for some of those reverses, some of those, you know, those bubble screens, those flat screens, because they're going to be out there trying to get in front of him so they can run it down. And you talk about it like, especially backup, I mean, backup center. That's going to be, we saw it in the Super Bowl, and I kept mentioning this. Offensive line depth is super, super important. You could have anybody back there, the quarterback. Mahomes can be sideways, throwing the ball forty yards downfield and getting running back forty yards. Russell Wilson can run a half marathon around the field. It's not going to matter if you don't have someone blocking. And so the problem is now is we lost a lot of depth at the offensive line. We got some, you know, some guys in free agency and in the draft, but I mean, like. For all for what you can say about Tyler Larson and say what you will, I mean he was a serviceable backup center, and Paratus is does not instill confidence in me because there were games. I mean he was healthy for the most part last year, but there were some games where he had to take him out, and Tyler Larson came in and did fairly well. He grew a lot as a, as a center, and so now I don't even know who our backup center is, and I, I think it might be David Moore. Honestly, I'm not sure, but that's going to be something that's going to be key here. And I think another thing with preseason is just not even figuring out if these guys are good enough to, but just good enough to fill in the spots behind because on the roster right now we've got I think two or three guys that are starting in one position and backing up in the other and, and that's not what you want to see especially on the offensive line you don't want to see him you, you don't want to see those na- that many names on the roster that many times no it's just it's, it's a lot of question marks on the offensive line I, can, I like Tyler said hopefully with the full with the advantage of having a full uh, offseason and with a preseason as well hopefully that chemistry builds and hopefully we, we start to find guys that can, that can, they can plug in and, and, and solidify roles. It's just going to be key. And it's going to be interesting to see when he comes to the preseason. That's what, really, what I'm going to be watching most. And that's what, like, you know, that's why on, no one scores. The games don't matter. 
the games do matter. There's a reason they're televised. Tyler was talking about it. I wish, I honestly, God, I think they would make a lot of money or at least get a lot of ratings if they did an uh, all or nothing for every team every year. Because we could see, because if there's a year for the all or nothing, I would have loved to have seen this year's, this year's hard knocks, this year's all or nothing would be insane for the Panthers. And so I like the, you know, the, the confidentials that they've been doing to give us a little bit of an insight to how, you know, because we don't need to see the plays, but we just to see what's going on behind the scenes. I think that is a thing. I mean, that's why those things, those programs are so successful ratings wise, because I mean, it probably would only get the viewership of the people that watch the NFL because you're not going to care if you don't, if you're outside of the organization, but for people like us that are going to sit and talk about the team for an hour every week, at, well, that's okay. It's a gross understatement. Talk about it <laughs> way more than an hour. This is just all you hear. We would eat that stuff up. We would watch that. I still watch the all or nothing back from 2017, hoping that after week no. seven, Things go a better way. Hey, look, I, I can't stomach the all or nothing. I can't. I can't do it. But personally, I ain't gonna lie. I watch. I watch other teams as uh like the can't competitions, competitions we did. I, I've seen. I've watched like Cleveland when a couple years ago when uh when Freddie Kitchens was the coach and they just you know they got just signed Odell. I watch. I watch theirs. Very interesting. I, I, I like watching all the ones around the league because really, I mean, because you know hard knocks that, that hard knocks model is it's great to watch. I mean, even hard knocks. I, I think about. Thing about the 01 Ravens, what like, like like the 02 Ravens, what where, where, where they cover that team, like I, I like those are it, it, it's really just great content for NFL fans across the board because even if you're not interested in the team, just getting the insight of seeing how it goes down with roster cuts, who how these guys practice, how practices are, and how intense they get. I think I think if you're a, if you're a football fan in general, you should you should want to see that just for every team. And see, I, I, just, I just simp and I watch it. I'm like, and it's so funny because they have your eight episodes and then Cam goes down and it's two episodes. They wrap that shit up so quick. And I keep sitting there going after episode seven, like, maybe he won't get hurt. Maybe we'll keep going. And they just go, Ew. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, also, okay. So on Twitter, Patch Twitter, you know, Patch Twitter is always great for, for providing content. Now, the, the question went around. How many elite players do the Panthers have on their roster? How many elite players? Yeah, how many elite players? And, and, and of course, there were four options. There were, you know, zero, one, two, three, four. How many mm. elite players do you think we have on our roster? Truly, uh, truly elite players. One. One. Yeah. I don't I, 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 possibility of being elite, but yeah, elite like, it, now when you ask, when yeah, you ask the question right about who's actually elite, it, every it, the I there were a lot of people, of course, that there, there are homers that say, okay, we we have four. I'm like, you don't have four elite players. So yet, if you had four elite players, you wouldn't win five and eleven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. So, so I mean, McCaffrey's obviously right. the main That's one that comes one. to mind. You could make arguments. For I mean, in, in terms of elite in their and, and their position, like because DJ, I think can be elite, but he's never going to be a top five receiver. He's not elite yet. He's very good. Not I. I, I wouldn't say elite. Not yet. And no. then, was this, well, and then Brian Burns walks. Burns that was line. second for me. Burns, yeah, yeah. Give it a year. I can't remember. I can't remember who the fourth guy because somebody mentioned a fourth guy, but those three are the are, are, are the ones that, that that mainly got mentioned. There was a fourth guy. Taylor Moten was somebody. Somebody saying Taylor Moten. I don't want him to be elite because then we're going to get rid of him because we never keep our good line. We, we we trade them for Bitcoin and for whatever. So no, I don't want him to be elite. God Almighty, please no. I mean, yeah, Taylor. Like, 
you could make that. I mean, Trey, like he was, it wasn't until he left that he was getting the elite, you know, classifications. Trey was elite though. Trey was, he was, he was, was but I'm saying like time pro bowler. Now, if you, if you ask the average NFL fan, you know, yeah, if you want to ask any NFL fan, they would say one. And that's, and that's McCaffrey. The sad part about it is, um, and it really just boils down to also, you know, like you could go two or three years down the road, let's say this team gets on a roll. And and, and 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 people grow the way they should. Mm-hmm. It's still the same thing of the Carolina Panthers will always be the Carolina Panthers. They will not be the Dallas Cowboys. They will not be the New York Giants. They will not be San Francisco 49ers. Because even 2015, albeit we had what? Listen, there are still people who would, you know, I mean, because it is a quote-unquote smaller market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I'm going – I mean, you know, Tennessee's the same way. I'll Certainly, say, ask Jeff, how many elite players you think Tennessee has? Well, right now? Oh, God. I'm scared. Why did I say this? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go three. Okay. Wow. I'd say two. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. AJ. Derek. Mm. A- I, I think AJ and DJ Moore are in the same spot. And and Julio. I, I agree with that. I, and, I agree with that. And Julio, if he, you know, I, I, you know, you have two for sure, which is which is Julio and Derrick Henry. AJ is pushing into that. Is pushing into that elite space. We'll see this year. Yeah, Tannehill, even and even Tannehill, Tannehill's in that very good space where, I mean, hell, you think about we remember last, like I said, last year at one point we were we had him at the MVP race. If he comes with, if he plays how he take last year and put in put into this year and you know and a, 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 adding on the talent, that's a true MVP candidate. If, uh, if, if he's going to if he's going to do something this is year, you damn well better do it. Yeah, because you're not going to yeah. be throwing to freaking you got, you got, Raymond. You're going to be throwing to Julio Jones. Like yeah, this is the year yeah. to make yourself elite if he wants to be considered yep. elite. Well, I agree, and and but but it's the same thing. Like and then listen, and I'm not going down that road with anything, but it's still like there are people even after the Julio Jones who will just be like, you know, listen, they're going to finish third behind the Colts. I heard somebody I say behind the Colts and the Jags. I got, I got your mind there. You got your mind there. No, this is on ESPN, and I'm going. Have you lost your mind? But it's that realm of, and you know what I'm getting at. Well, it's because in 2015 we had. I mean, even you, you know, we had. And it boils down to what Sean said. Do you really think the NFL would want to see the Carolina Panthers and the Tennessee Titans in the Super Bowl? No. <laughs> Hell no. No. Because like I say, even in 2015, we albeit we had what I think like 11 Pro Bowlers, and it sucks because they didn't get to play. But even then, we were only considered to really have two elite players. Right. And that was Cam and Keekly. But right. at, one, at one point in time during that 2015 season, they said we were the worst undefeated team or the worst. Yeah. Uh, I remember the that. Worst NFL, NFL well, actually, I was, trying to find, I was trying to find the other poll, Shanti. There was something I thought you were going to bring up. It said, would you rather have, and it was Jake DeLome, Musin. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yes. And it was Cam and, like, his three. Um, yeah, it was. It was and, I can't remember them all. They had, I think they had, they had Cam. They had John Fox coaching, coaching Cam. Right. I want to say, I, was it, was it, was it Cam Johnson stood at running back? It may have been like Smitty. I think it was Smitty. Yeah, and then then, then you got Jake, John Fox, Jake, um, uh, Muslim oh, Muhammad. Yeah, and they, kind, they, they kind of, they kind of shook up the lineups. They kind of, they kind of started flipping a couple guys from the from it the was interesting. Cat scene. It, it, it was definitely it was interesting. interesting. Oh, yeah. Should have brought that up at the beginning of the episode. We could have talked about that instead. I know. I didn't. <laughs> well, we could uh, we could talk about that another time. But um, because I mean, we're fighting for something to talk about because that's that's the problem is that you know, uh, the uh, the devil an idle mind is you know is kind of is a devil because you just kind of think about everything, you overthink everything, and hope of what you can or can't be. And this year, there's a lot. 
there's a lot that could go right. There's a lot that could go wrong. This year is one of the most, I feel like we said this last year, but this year is the one of the most excited I've been for a Panther season. And there's a, and I don't say there's a lot riding on it, but like, there's just, there's just a lot. I, I can't, I won't even say excited necessarily for me. I'm, I'm just intrigued. Cause I'm not expecting anything. I'm not expecting playoffs or anything. I'm just, and I'm, I'm intrigued to see, okay, this staff made a lot of, I, I think just how this staff came in and the changes they made, they, a lot of big changes happened. I, I'm just more so intrigued to see how well does this, does, does this staff handle, how, how do they handle coming into a second year, having a full off season and everything? And how, and, and, and can they tr- truly take that turn? Like, you know, Brady for me, like, oh, you know, that this, this is something we can end up, in the episode on, they had Brady in the top five play callers in the NFL. I think I think I think PFF Eric, the guy from up, they had he had, time, he had uh, Joe Brady in the top five play callers in the league. What? Yeah, so, uh, mind you, no no Andy Reid there. There was no Sean Payton there. I don't believe. Yeah, it was odd. I, 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 and they're going off of what? Are they going off of the champ national championship at LSU to say that because nothing that he did last year should facilitate that. They had John Gruden. John Gruden was like, I think John Gruden rounded out the top five. Arthur Smith had to be in there somewhere. I believe so. I can't really remember the entire in the entirety of the list. I really only I really only could remember they had Joe Brady fourth. But, is- but yeah, I mean, but, but let, I mean, listen, they, they were a solid offense. I mean, let's face oh, yeah, it. I mean, sure. to, to be your first year and to do what you did. Now, I think what you're looking to this year, and Tyler might talk about a little bit more. To me. This year, I'm intrigued. I agree with that. It is where does the culture – how do you take that next step to the culture you're trying to – forget wins or losses, the culture of moving this team into another direction and kind of building a new a new look. What does that look like? And I'm intrigued as to how that moves. I think the intrigue is a great word. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited for it because, you know, there was a ton of confidence in a lot of these bold moves that were made this offseason from the organization, just as fans. You just kind of feel the confidence coming from it, like the Darnold trade and then us passing on fields and going right with J.C. Horn. There there was a lot of bold moves and a a lot of confidence in it. And so we'll see how it, you know, works out because, um, you know, we, even though we did basically trade, you know, pay for the Darnold trade by trading back in the draft and recouping those picks, you know, if Justin Fields turns out to be a star in the in the league, then that's you know that's sort of going to be a tough pill to swallow. So I'm intrigued to see how this quarterback situation plays out, to see if our offense can take a next step because you know we talk about um, you know the Joe Brady and whatnot, but we also talk about how. Uh, you know, we weren't very content with Teddy last year at quarterback, but we still had all these players over a thousand yards. So if we can really get, you know, that quarterback to come together and to get that whole offense gelling, um, I think, you know, that will be huge one for Joe Brady's um, future, you know, success, because if he turns Donald around, he's going to be out of here next year. And um, yeah. And so, and then just to see how our offense takes that next step and then how our young defense is able to um, come together in year two with these new guys under Matt rule and really, you know, get to that next level. Well, the only thing we can do until then, of course, as you know, is to keep pounding.